sometimes life calls for a change. Not fake, just different. It'll show you a different way. And right now, I'm on to my different way. I can promise you this is the same span. But the important is over. I'd like to welcome you to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Span. This is episode number 14 of the show. And uh, yeah, man, we getting started quite a bit late. Quite a bit late, man. Your man Span been like kind of running like a chicken with his head cut off pretty much all day, man. Uh, you know, just getting you know, getting my house straightened up, man. I like do some I know it's a little bit late for the spring cleaning, but your man Span need to do some spring cleaning and shit around here. So uh I've been doing that, you know what I'm saying? Get my house together, you know what I'm saying? You know, get get it you know, tip top and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? You know, try to make sure you know the the, the pad looking nice, you know. So I've been around here doing that sort of shit, man, getting stuff around the house done. And um, you know, not only that. Uh, you know, just trying to get my mind right and everything to go back to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? It's been a short week. You know, it'll be a short week for your man's page. It's Thursday and Friday at the at the job. But, um, yo, man, we we, we got it going on, man. We got it going on. There's some, there's some things that I want to talk to you guys about. And there's some things that have been happening and whatnot. And so we're going to talk about them tonight here at the Span, you know, not the Span Report. God damn it. The Mr. Span Official Podcast here, right? But, of course, before we get into all of that, of course, I got to remind you guys how to get in touch with us here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast. Let your voice be heard. Go ahead and hit Hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages, and, of course, those messages will get played here and responded to here live on the show. You can also email us here at feedback at thespanreport.com. That's feedback at thespanreport.com. Leave us those emails, and, of course, those emails will be read here and replied to here live as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead, follow me there. Chop it up with your man Span throughout the week. Also, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. iTunes and Spotify because Stitcher is no more, y'all. Yeah, I got word last week, man. Stitcher is no more. There will be no more Stitcher at a certain point, so I will, it will basically be pointless for me to, like, implore you guys to leave me a review there when they ain't going to be there that much longer, right? So if you are so inclined, man, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and or Spotify. That way we can replay your, we can read your, uh, your, your, your five-star reviews on the show. And it doesn't cost you a dime, man. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network specifically, right? Also, uh, wait a minute. I think that's it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not it. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, right? Because we are doing this here live. I'm sorry. We're doing this here live on YouTube and Facebook, right? So if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe to YouTube and you can leave us comments there. You can uh, like our fan page, Mr. Span fan page on Facebook, and you can comment when we go live there. And those are a couple of different ways that you can get in touch with us there. You know, in uh, those comments, some of those comments will get right here live on the show. We actually do have some comments from the last episode that we did uh, that we're going to read and respond to here live on the show, right? So we really appreciate everybody who goes to YouTube and subscribe to the channel there and also who likes the Mr. Span fan page 
page, like that page that where you can be alerted to when we go on live and uh, you know when you can come in and, and like be a part of the show, man. We really appreciate everybody who wants to be a part of the show, man. Real talk. So, yeah, man, we got the business out of the way. We got the business out of the way. Now, of course, like I said, we do have some listener feedback. Uh, from the last episode, this is uh, the, these are some of the the YouTube comments that we got from uh, the previous episode that we did. So let me go ahead and pull this up so you guys, well, not necessarily so you guys can see these, but uh, we get these uh, these comments here. And uh, Sammy Gully seventy two oh four left us like four comments, and um, he's let's just say from, <laughs> let's just say from the uh, from the uh, the <laughs> the length of these comments, man, like. Your, your boy is very loquacious. We just gonna say that we so we're not gonna read all of these fucking comments, right? But we are gonna read a few of these. So uh, we got our, one of these comments. He says, um, "Let's see." And this is, I guess, in regards to Malika Andrews. And he said, uh, "Malika has shown that she is not here for black men." Wait a minute. All right, Malika has shown she is not here for black men. This is obvious at this point. Uh, name one white athlete. Who has had issues that she made sure you knew their dirt. Hell, look at this situation with Jalen Rose where she tried to act like he was inappropriately touching her, even though we can visibly see his hands. I, I, I okay, so I, there was a lot in the sports bro media that was made of that particular situation. I really believe that those two were being fucking playful in that moment. I don't necessarily believe that she had any sort of ill intent with Jalen Rose in that moment, like she was trying to make Jalen Rose out to be some sort of sexual deviant or anything like that. It was on fucking live TV, bro. Everybody saw what was going on on live TV. I think she was really just trying to be playful in the moment with Jalen Rose. Uh, he says, um, and I'm not saying that you can't report the bad things about an athlete, but I do find it curious when a reporter goes out of their way to especially, to especially when it seems it's only one demographic. All the reasons you listed that she's asking those questions, you don't think this billion-dollar entity didn't already do their due diligence before putting this guy in the position he's in, especially with the situation going on with John Morant. Okay, so I, I, I'm from this particular comment. I'm gathering that you're talking about uh, her uh, bringing up the uh, the the um, the shooting that happened at one of his teammates at the University of Alabama, whom his teammate got retrieved his gun from uh, Brandon Miller's car, right? So, uh, in this particular instance, you're saying of all the reasons you listen, you think that she's asking those questions. You don't think that the billion dollar entity didn't already do their due diligence. I think you still missed the point, brother. I think you still missed the point. And the point was she's talking to us as the, as, as, as the consumer of this product. Hey, how are these teams looking at this particular situation as, uh, in considering how they're going to, whether or not they're going to draft him or not. She's bringing us into the damn draft room, right? How are they thinking about this situation? What are they thinking about this, right? And so as as a consumer of you, like you want to be in the draft room, you want to figure out what these teams are thinking and how they're thinking about it. This is how she's trying to present this story to us. That's exactly how she presented it to us during the broadcast, right? It wasn't as if she was just bringing this shit up frivolously. You think these billion-dollar corporations wasn't thinking about that? That's exactly what these corporations were thinking about which is why it was pertinent for her to bring it up during the broadcast i don't understand why that's so hard for some of y'all to believe well why it's so hard for some of y'all to understand especially with what's going on with john Morant. especially with what's going on with john Morant, because john Morant is bringing undue uh scrutiny not only to himself but to his team as well right 
So because you have character issues with John Morant, yeah, another team will be very fucking cautious on bringing another in, like a problem like that. If it, it, if it could be a problem like that where your star player or potential star player could be unavailable for fucking 25 games out of the season on some, on some dumb shit, right? So it's, it's, that's part of the reason why she would bring something like that up during the draft pregame show, not during the actual draft, but during the pregame show. Hey, how are these teams thinking about that? I don't know why that's so fucking hard for y'all to understand. The other part that you said something about was that uh, she only does this to black dudes and she doesn't do this to any other uh, 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 other demographic. I'm sorry. Like I said, Malika Andrews is covering the NBA, which is overwhelmingly a black league. I'm sorry. What fuck else do y'all want her to do? Do y'all want her to manufacture a, a, a problem with a white player in the in an NBA? Because if there's a problem with a white player in the NBA, guess what? I'm pretty sure it's going to come up on NBA today on one of the NBA shows that are going on on ESPN. She only covers the NBA. I don't know if y'all have noticed that, but she's only a host on the NBA shows. She's not doing NFL countdown. She's not doing NFL live. She's not doing Monday night football. She's not doing any of that shit. She's specifically doing NBA coverage. So if there's a white player who's having some issues in the NBA, trust and believe if it comes down to docket, that's going to be on the NBA Today show where Malika Andrews is hosting said show. But to pretend as though or to act as though this woman is going out of her way to uh, to bring up instances of black men behaving badly, I think is disingenuous considering the fact that these are these are things that are happening within the NBA and she's bringing these things up and trying to inform us as consumers and inform us as watchers of the league. Hey, this is what's going on with the guys in the league that you guys are like really fucking intent about. So I don't understand why y'all are so upset other than the fact that, you know, some of y'all really don't necessarily like, and let's just keep it a thousand. Some of y'all don't necessarily like there being a woman in that space and actually having an opinion about shit. We saw the same thing happen to Jamil Hill. There's a whole bunch of dudes who didn't necessarily like the fact that Jamil Hill had the, the had the position that she did. And it wasn't even just black people. It was white people, too, who thought she was overtly racist. Right. Why? Anytime she brought up anything that has something to do with race, white people thought she was a race baiter. And so when the minute Jamil Hill gets, you know, gets gets out of that position or like her ESPN part ways, white people are celebrating. And some of y'all who were mad that she had an opinion on, on sports were celebrating as well. So this isn't new. But it's just like y'all kind of telling on yourself quite a bit. Y'all telling on yourself quite a bit, right? Uh, another comment that Sammy Gully left, he says, uh, your takes are wild. Dudes aren't resentful that the women are interested in them. Uh, they are aware why women want them now. Okay, I don't get this. Uh, simps will be okay with this behavior. Men who know their value will not. Okay, yeah, this sounds like some clown shit that you're saying now. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, if you if If when I was feeling you, you had no interest in me, not because of my pockets, but because you generally had no interest in me as a person, then what changed? Um, I, I'm assuming this one here has something to do with the fact, like with the Umar Johnson situation that we talked about last week. I'm, I'm not really following this, but I, I'm assuming this is what this is about. It said, more than likely, the guy that you gave your you to also didn't have money like that unless he was a dope boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry, Sammy, man. But we, we, I'm not rocking with this, man. I'm not. You can call my takes wild all you want, but um, I think this, like these takes that you're giving here, quite reductive. 
You know what I'm saying? I feel like I feel like, you know, these aren't necessarily the most evolved motherfucking answers I've ever gotten to anything I've ever said in my life. And uh, you sound like a bunch of dudes who haven't quite gotten it yet. Right. And that's not to say that you can't get it, but you sound like a lot of dudes who haven't quite gotten it yet. And so uh, I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with that, bro. I hope you uh, somehow, some way, find another way to, like, kind of, you know, express yourself. And um, and not only that, man, like, just kind of evolve a little bit more, bro. Because, like, like I said, a lot of the shit that you're talking about right now, to me, sounds a bit reductive, right? But, yo, man, that has been our listener feedback portion of the show. And it's time for us to get into some other shit, man, right? So um, there is a new, new, new social media phenomenon on the block man and it is not twitter it is not even black planet it is not facebook i'll be goddamn it's some shit called spill y'all yeah man there's a there's a new website or a new social media app it's called spill and it was created by uh two former Twitter employees, two black former Twitter employees, and they released their app on uh, iOS, and it has been uh, getting a lot of, you know, a lot of traction as of late because uh, Twitter did some shit late at last this, this past week where Elon Musk decided that for whatever reason he was going to limit the uh, the amount of tweets people can interact with, especially those who are not Twitter Blue uh, subscribers. He was going to limit the amount of tweets that they can interact with to 600 tweets a day. Yeah, man. So let me pull this story up. I, I, oh shit, where is it? That's not it. That is not it. That is not the story. I had this story saved. Okay, here we go. This story comes out of uh, Yahoo News, and it says, uh, "Could Black Twitter users be permanently moving to spill?" It said the social media app was trending after over the weekend as Elon Musk announced new restrictions on Twitter. Unverified Twitter users can now read no more than 600 posts per day, while new accounts can no can read no more than 300. The number of posts that can be read was capped higher for verified accounts who can view no more than 6,000 posts per day. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted that to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation, we've applied the following temporary limits. And then, you know, the uh, verified accounts were limited to 6,000 unverified accounts, 600 new accounts, 300. Uh, users were also no longer able to view new tweets if they aren't logged into the app. Musk touted the change as a temporary emergency measure to counter data pillage. As a response, black Twitter users are signing up to another social media app, Spill, according to Revolt. The platform was started by former Twitter employees Alfonso Fons Terrell, who was the global head of social and editorial, and Devarius uh, Brown, a former product lead, manager lead. Spill's founders were among the staffers laid off shortly after Musk bought Twitter. Spill was launched in the Apple uh, store in January and is currently invite only tweets are swapped for spills and tweets are swapped for spills and shift the focus on meme culture. It also presents itself as a safe space for black users by filtering out hate speech and recognizing the contributions of the black community in driving social media trends. Uh, we're going to be more intentional and more accurate around things that will be deemed offensive because again, this is our lived experience and our or learned experience. Brown told TechCrunch. It'll be much more accurate to catch those kinds of things that will detract from the platform that would not lend to creating a safe space for our users and our creators. Spill is also developing its own artificial intelligence, which is being led by a diverse team of developers. This will help detect signs of online harm of that communities of color have been subject to on social media platforms. 
This will probably be the first from the ground up large language content moderation model using AI that's actually built by people from the culture, Brown said, according to TechCrunch. Now, um, first things first, man, I, I, I guess I would like to ask, you know, any of you, like, you know, you guys are like, if you're in the chat room or if you're going to like respond via, you know, text message, I'm, I'm sorry, not well, email or voicemail. Like, are you guys on spill, right? Have you guys gotten a, like a, 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 an invite code or anything like that right yet? Right. The other part about it is how do you guys feel about the fact that spill is as of now an iOS only uh, application? Yeah, because I felt a little way about that shit. right i felt a little way about that shit i'm not gonna lie man y'all know your man span is android to the deck to the motherfucking world blow man uh they gotta pay me to use an iphone like i I, and i know a a large portion of my listeners are listening to me right now from an iphone y'all love y'all phones i love that for y'all but for me as for me and mine well as for me you know because my wife and my daughter they use iphones and shit too i don't know what's wrong with them but (laughs) no but uh but as for me man like uh, i really uh, I, I, I did take a little bit of umbrage to the idea that even in 2023, there are still uh, app developers who are like prioritizing iOS over Android when Android is like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, over 70 percent of the world's smartphone users use Android iPhones are still the minority in the world, man. It's just like how white folks are the minority in the world and, you know, black and brown folks and people of color are the majority around the globe. That's how it is in in, in the world of tech, man. Like iPhones are a minority in the world. The vast majority of folks are using Android phones. It's just what it is. And it's a better thing to me, to me, to me, right? But uh, no, be that as it may, though, be that as it may, I have had a chance to use Spill. I think Spill is a really good app. I think it's a nice app, man. Um, I think uh, it is in like it, once you're on Spill, you can kind of tell that like it's very uh, indicative of the culture, man. Like you can tell there's a lot of people who are on Spill right now who are uh, who are like escapees of black Twitter and they really want to get the fuck off of Twitter right now, but they can't because there's not a lot of people on it right now. The app is still in beta testing and whatnot. And that's part of the reason why they're doing the uh, the uh, like the invite thing. Right. Because they don't want to overload the system. I, I understand that they're still building everything out and whatnot. Uh, it's just a disappointment that like, yo, man, y'all know, y'all know that like a good portion of y'all user base are using Android phones and y'all just decided to go one fucking platform. Right. And, and when you hear them talking about, yo, we, we developing this AI and we doing all of this it's like, yeah, y'all, y'all could have used those resources to like, you know, do some Android shit too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do some Android shit too. But no, 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 no. A- uh, overall though, I think the app is nice. I think it's uh it's, it's a really dope app. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet if, tw- if spill is going to, um, is spill is going to uh, replace Twitter for a lot of folks yet. Right. Because again, not enough people are on there yet to like to say anything specific. Right. And then there are also some other, you know, alternatives to Twitter that have kind of popped up since Elon Musk bought it. You've got uh, tribal, you've got uh, spoutable, you've got hive, you've got, um, Oh shit. I think those are some of the other ones, spoutable tribal and hive. Are like three of them and i know like uh spoutable is supposedly uh also being created by former black uh twitter employees uh i believe uh tribal is one that was actually it's a it's a uh, a, uh it's an app that was created by people who used to who run the uh, occupied democrats website so it's kind of like uh if say for instance it's like if if donald trump has uh true social then democrats have uh tribal 
right? So you got that going on. And then you have Hive, who I, I have I have no experience with Hive as of yet, right? But yeah, you've got all these different sorts of like apps trying to like vie for the uh, you know the 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 opportunity to embrace everyone when everyone eventually decides get finally fed up with Twitter and decides to leave Twitter, right? And so um, I just got a, you know, just a quick, quick question for y'all. Do you guys intend on using anything like a, 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 a spill or a tribal or, uh, or what's the other one? Spoutable. Do you guys have any intentions on getting on one of these or, or, or have you reached peak internet? Have you reached like, you know what, man, I'm done, bro. Like, I don't know if I want to get on another motherfucking uh, app. I'm, I'm straight. If I can, if, if y'all niggas leave Twitter, I guess it's the end of my social media career because I ain't getting on nothing else. You know, you got some people who feel that way, too. It's like, man, I reached peak internet, nigga. Y'all ain't got the tickety talks and the Instagrams and all this other shit, man. I am tired, bro. I, I've had a long internet career. I think I'm done. I think I'm done, right? So we got uh, my man Tony here is in the chat room. He says, Tony says, uh, I got an invite yesterday but hasn't acted on it. Well, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how long those, how long those things uh, are activated or whatever. But, yeah, like I, if, if you got an iPhone, man, real talk, go ahead, give it a shot. See how you like it, man. I think, you know, the user interface, user interface is nice. Uh, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting was, uh, you know, like some of the uh, the vernacular was uh, you could tell that they took the vernacular from, you know, some of our, our, our brothers and sisters from the LGBTQ community. And I know that like uh, here's here's what was interesting, though. Here's what was interesting. So they took the, you know, some of the, the vernacular from the LGBTQ community as, as far as like some of the terminology that they use on the site. Right. But also uh, they came out. One of the founders came out and said that they were not uh, an exclusive black app. And because they were not an exclusively black app, that they were, you know, they were open to everybody and that they uh, they were basically just saying, like, hey, man, like the bigotry won't be tolerated here. Some folks actually took umbrage to that and was like, yo, man, they are pulling the goddamn wool over everybody's heads. And they just (laughs) like. I saw people yesterday. Like and it was funny because it was like, yo, man, y'all were just like everybody was doing the great migration over there, man. It was like everybody was moving over the spill, and then like suddenly you started seeing backlash. Like these motherfuckers turned on them quick because you know apparently the guy who was like one of the guys who was a, a founder who did the video who said that it wasn't an exclusively black app. People were saying he wasn't sufficiently black. You know they were saying this nigga looked like DJ Khaled. You know what I'm saying? So you had that going on. Uh, you have some folks who take umbrage at the fact that they believe that you know black people move culture they move social media culture and everything else and here was another another app trying to take advantage of black people making some shit hot and then not necessarily catering to black people now i don't necessarily i think it's too early in the game to be saying it wasn't like you know uh catering to black people if you if you if you have any experience with spill so far it's overwhelmingly black up in that motherfucker man like straight up it is overwhelmingly black all of the fucking it, like, every, it, it's just black on black on black up in there. Now, that's not to say that there might not be some white folks off in there, but the vast majority of the folks that I've had the chance to interact with, I don't think I've come across a white person yet, nigga. It's all black folks off of in there, so far as I know, right? Uh, that being said, man, I'm, I, I've had a long and storied social media career, <laughs> right? I go back to, like, fucking shit, GeoCities, my nigga. I go back to fucking the black voices chat rooms my nigga i go back to the the black planet news forums my nigga like i go back and even when like something like uh with black planet even black planet wasn't exclusive to black folks man there were white folks on there now the thing was black planet was marketed towards 
the African-American community and there was some white folks on there and those white folks kind of understood like, yo, if you're going to be on here, you're going to act right. And if you ain't going to act right, niggas going to get you the fuck up out of here. And so I kind of wonder if that's what Spill is going for. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, man, is you know we're we're marketing this towards black people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this particular app or this site is 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 also is like just a hundred percent geared towards black people. I mean, you know, yeah, black people are pretty much going to be the vast majority of the folks here. We're gonna market it towards them and the marginalized. But yeah, like if you come in here, you acting crazy, we're gonna get you the fuck up out of here. And I think that's kind of the model that they're going for. The interesting thing that I thought, another interesting thing that I thought about this was the fact that like, yo, black planet black planet has kind of reformatted this shit right they like they got an app it's, it looks something well it doesn't look similar to twitter but it kind of behaves something similar to twitter and for all of the people like for all of these different apps that are coming out and people are saying yeah we're gonna jump on this one and we're gonna jump on that one and we're gonna jump on this one i ain't seen none of you niggas talk about y'all gonna get on the black planet joint Nigga. like they, they it's right there it's right there. Even Solange at one point was trying to get you niggas on on the Black Planet. I, I guess niggas niggas wasn't moving. Niggas wasn't moving, right? So yeah, man. Um, you know, spill. It's a thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of folks are like, you know, kind of digging the spill. I know I'm on spill. Um, I'll be glad when they finally get a, an Android app so I can really use the app the way that I want to because I'm not about to be on my company phone acting a fool on that goddamn app, man. Y'all crazy as hell. So yeah, man. Um, spill. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is like slowly but surely pushing the the vast majority of the culture that like really is the undergirding of his website, right? He's really pushing a lot of these folks up out of there and like, you know, not necessarily like, uh, I don't know if he's doing it purposefully, but I know he's alienating a lot of folks. And the only reason people are there now is like kind of begrudgingly because they don't know if they have any other place to go where they'll continue to have their followings and everything else that they built up over the years, right? So yeah, man, are you on spill? Or are you not on spill? You know what I'm saying? Let me know in the chat or let me know in the in the comments or let me know in the voicemails or whatever else, right? But yeah, man, spill, it's a thing. You guys should probably check it out though, real talk. Now, another story that we have here that we kind of wanted to get into is uh, the Supreme Court, right? So the Supreme Court uh, has made a number of like really re regressive uh, 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 rulings as of late, man. Uh, there has been a ruling that uh, essentially gutted uh, affirmative action in college admissions. Fuck them kids. Fuck the kids? Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what Clarence Thomas told all the black kids that were trying to go to any sort of like the Ivy Leagues or anything else, right? Uh, there was also the uh the the ruling that came down that uh, uh essentially allowed for uh religious bigots to discriminate against um the lgbtq community and then there was another ruling that came down that said that joe biden was acting beyond his level of authority and in, in in uh putting out the student loan forgiveness that he had no right to give you niggas student loan forgiveness. God damn. Yeah, so the so the like the Supreme Court been like on one, right? So let me go through we're going to go through this 
one by one. Let me pull these. Uh, let me pull these articles up so we can kind of go through this here. Uh, this first one here that we get. This comes out of the Associated Press, and it's basically about the story of uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, gutting, or I'm sorry, not necessarily gutting, but allowing for companies to discriminate against the LGBTQ community. So like I said, we get the story, this comes out of the Associated Press. It says, a Christian graphic artist who the Supreme Court said can refuse to make wedding websites for gay couples pointed during her lawsuit to a request from a man named Stewart and his, his husband-to-be. The twist, Stewart says it never happened. The revelation has raised questions about how Lori Smith's case was allowed to proceed all the way to the nation's highest court, which is, which with such an apparent misrepresentation and whether the state of Colorado, which lost the case last week has any legal recourse. Uh, it said it has served as another distraction at the high, at the end of a highly polarizing term for the Supreme court marked by ethical questions and contentious rulings along ideological lines that rejected affirmative action in higher education and president Joe Biden's $400 billion plan to cancel and reduce federal student loans. Here's the leak of the legal questions surrounding this mysterious would be Stuart, customer Stewart. Now, uh, what they're talking about here is so the woman who had this uh, this partic- this particular case, she essentially brought this case on a hypothetical, right? Hey, say for instance, I'm I'm a web I'm a wedding website designer, and then there's a gay customer who wants me to build a website for them for their wedding, and because of my religious beliefs, I am I, I can't do it, right? Not that anybody actually ever asks this woman to build shit. Like they didn't ask her to do a goddamn thing. As a matter of fact, the person who she listed on her case as having asked her to do it didn't ask her to do a motherfucking thing. As a matter of fact, this dude is already married to a woman. They have a child and he's a goddamn website designer, his goddamn self. So it was a totally fabricated case, right? But the Supreme Court, for whatever reason, decided that they wanted to bring this case up anyway. That's the thing about the Supreme Court. They can decide whether or not they're going to hear the case or not. And for them to decide that they even were going to allow for themselves to hear this case was something that folks were like, eh, I don't know, like, why would they even do such a thing? Especially considering this is a hypothetical. It's not as if there was any actually, there weren't any aggrieved parties whatsoever. Even the plaintiff hadn't been aggrieved at all yet. It hadn't even happened yet. And so, uh, you know, what this, what this, you know, kind of, uh, what, what this ruling kind of brings down is like, Hey man, so uh, a company or, 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 or business can say, Hey, because of my religious beliefs, I don't need to serve this person. or I don't need to serve these people. And, you know, I know a lot of people who aren't necessarily, uh, fans of the LGBTQ community who aren't necessarily, uh, uh, they don't necessarily agree with, quote unquote, the lifestyle of the LGBTQ community. I want you to understand something, man. This doesn't just affect them. Right. At some point in time, these same sorts of arguments were used to discriminate against black people, brown people, Asian people. These same sorts of reasonings were used to discriminate against us as well. So if they are able to use that level of reasoning for LGBTQ people, What's to stop any of these companies from saying, hey, my religious belief says I'm not supposed to intermingle with black people. So therefore, I can't serve you in my restaurant. I can't serve you in my business. You need to take I'm not but I'm not I'm not changing the brakes on that car because that car belongs to a black person. I ain't doing it. Right. And so, you know, when when I run into some of the uh, some of the pushback that I get. 
when it comes for like some of my advocacy for LGBT folks to get the same rights that we all enjoy when, you know, when many of these niggas are talking about, like they asking for extra rights, they're like, no nigga, they just asking to be just as equal as we are in this, in this shit. And now that they're being discriminated against, guess what that leaves? It leaves us open to be discriminated against too. Right. Like now there's an old saying, man, by Edmund Burke that says like the, the only thing for evil to, you know, to, uh, the only thing uh, for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing, right? It doesn't take, you know, something happening to you in particular. It shouldn't take anything for something to happen to you in particular, but you to understand that what's happening to somebody else is wrong, man. And for you to speak up on that, when you see something wrong going on, you should be able to speak up on that. Whether you agree with how they live their life or not, you understand that because they who they are, they're being discriminated against. And that also, as a black person, you should understand, like, yo, man, I, ain't, I, I shouldn't be riding with that. Right? The other part that, you know, like, that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, like, the, like the, the Supreme Court just kind of gutted affirmative action. Right? Now, understand, we've talked about Clarence Thomas on this show for the better part of the last two or three weeks, right? We talked about the, uh, the, uh, the PBS documentary that they had on him and his wife. Uh, there's another uh, really good podcast you guys should probably check out. It's called Slow Burn. They kind of like uh, goes through what it was, you know, for, you know, just kind of gives you a bit of uh, who Clarence Thomas was as a person growing up. And, and it's basically a story told by the people who were around him, who had relationships with him and everything else. Right. And Clarence Thomas, who has ascended to the Supreme Court uh, by the very nature of uh, affirmative action has essentially just said, you know what? I he he hated the idea that he was only ascending because of his 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 blackness, and that these people who were putting him in these positions were doing so because he was black. Now he's essentially gutted any way, or he and like those who were on the Supreme Court along with him who made this decision, uh, who, who he's essentially gutted any way for anyone else to come up in the exact same way that he did, right? Because for whatever reason, Clarence Thomas feels as though uh, he should be known on his merits. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with being known on your merits, but also recognize that, like, yeah, there was some there were some allowances made for you along the way. And now that those allowances, you are now taking those allowances away from others who could have benefit in the same way that you could have. Right now, the interesting thing about this is that this case was brought up by uh, an eight, you know, some folks of the Asian community. And they felt like they were being denied positions in colleges and whatever else because black people were getting these positions. Not necessarily like upset at the legacy admissions that white folks were getting for going to these institutions. Right. And the other part about it is that like I, I think that um, it's always the inherent racism in this. Right. Is that. They always assume that the black people are there because of the affirmative action, not that the, the, the black people that are there are like just fucking brilliant right that they are brilliant and they deserve that spot right it's always a hey, the black people who were here they got here because of affirmative action not because they were brilliant and they worked hard and they deserved this spot it's always assumed that they didn't work hard it's always assumed that they were given this particular place right meanwhile you have legacy admission students mostly who uh, who are overwhelmingly white who didn't necessarily 
earned their way who got there because hey you know my dad used to go to this college hey uh my grandfather uh donated enough money and they they, they named the library after him so now i get to go to the school because my grandfather donated enough money never mind the fact that i might not necessarily qualify on my own marriage to be able to go and no one questions that at least no one has been questioning that by and large right and so it's very interesting that you know the uh what what essentially what you know conservative politicians have been able to do was to use asian americans use Asian Americans in a way to disparage African Americans and try to gut our access to higher education, right? Try to gut our access to higher education. So now they, they're not only are they trying to gut our access to higher education, but also they're trying to bring back the ability to discriminate against folks because of, you know, what they would say would be their religious convictions, right? Be that as it may, all of it is bullshit. All of it is bullshit. We will not. Okay. And yeah, we should not. We should not. We will not have it. I said we will not have it. Oh. Yeah, we should not have it. But, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's regressive as shit, man. Like, I don't have any, I don't have another word for it. It's really regressive how the Supreme Court has been ruling, right? And it goes back into that 2016 election right the 2016 election where we were voting between uh donald trump and hillary clinton and i know a lot of folks are bringing up that there, you know there there's some people who uh some high profile folks who were saying like yo man i'm not voting for hillary clinton and you can't for, you can't force me to vote for hillary clinton you have folks like uh michael harriet who is brilliant as he is and like coming up with threads on twitter to like bring you to some like some historical context of like some of the things that we're seeing today You're, like you'll look at him and be like well damn bro what what, what happened in 2016 right you got people like uh mark lamont hill and like mark lamont hill is someone whom um, I think has to come to grips with, I, 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 not even so much come to grips, right? I think he just needs to stop playing the semantical games because he, it's not as if people aren't necessarily reminding Mark Lamont Hill of the fact that like, yo man, we remember when you took your ass on the breakfast club and you were adamant about you, you know, you voting for Jill Stein and you, uh, being a part of the green party and you wanted to vote for the green party, despite the fact that you knew that the, the green party had a snowball chance in hell of winning. And so when people remind him of that fact, Oftentimes what they do is they'll say something like, yo, you were encouraging people not to vote in 2016 when that wasn't what he did. And so what happens is he'll say like, no, I didn't do that, but he won't expound on it. Right. He won't say exactly what his position was. And um, ultimately what Mark Lamont Hill, what he needs to do is stop playing the semantical games, stop playing the semantical games and understand that your, uh, your advocacy for Jill Stein made an opening for Donald Trump to become president of the United States. And because of Donald Trump becoming president of the United States, he was able to appoint three people to the Supreme court. And those three people have swung that court in a very conservative bent. And now as a result of that, we have lost affirmative action. LGBT folks are, are being able to be discriminated against again. And there was and student loan forgiveness has been deemed unconstitutional, Right. Those have th that that has been a, a a direct result. That is a direct line result from voting the way folks voted or did not vote in 2016. And so, uh, 
I think, you know, for those folks who were advocating that, you know, we can afford to lose an election, I think ultimately here's what I think happened around that time. You had folks who believed that despite their rhetoric, that no matter what they said, that Hillary Clinton was a shoe in. This is what it was. They thought that Hillary Clinton was a shoe in. So no matter what they said, that they weren't going to have to like bear the responsibility of their rhetoric because Hillary Clinton was going to win anyway. And because Hillary Clinton was going to win anyway, they didn't have to worry about this sort of shit. Well, she didn't win. And now we do have to worry about this stuff. So now, you know, when they, you know, they go into hiding or they, they, they try to make sure that the Internet forgets and the Internet never forgets. Or did they try to, you know, play the semantical games and I didn't tell y'all not to vote. I didn't tell y'all how to vote and all this other shit. Like they do these things, but they have to understand that the way that they spoke, the way that they advocated, the way that they, you know, they, 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 they went out here politically influenced some folks and unfortunately influenced some folks to a point where we now have uh, three very regressive uh, uh, Supreme Court decisions and it's rolling back rights and it's rolling back protections and it's rolling back progress on things that were going to help the American people by and large. So yeah, man, the Supreme Court are out here like, you know, on some, on some bullshit, but yo, that's what it is, man. Now, another story we got here, man. Um, let's see. Let's, let's go back to this there. Cause we got this story here. Like, uh, ESPN, man, uh, they laid off a bunch of people, man. Like I, I think at, at like a grand total of like maybe 10 to 20 people on, on like on screen talent was let go over the past weekend, man. Ah, damn. Yeah. 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 It was a lot, man. So we get this story here. Let me pull this story up. Uh, yeah, we get this story here. This comes from, uh, awful announcing, uh.com. And it said, uh, June 30th, 2023 was a black Friday in Bristol, Connecticut. ESPN has been laying off employees the last several months as Disney faced cost-cutting measures like many other media contemporary media 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 companies. Okay. So while layoffs focused on individuals behind the scenes, Friday's layoffs at the end of June were shocking in the number and profile of those who were let go from ESPN and include some of the network's most prominent and long-tenured on-year personalities. Below is the updated list of personalities that will no longer be seen on ESPN. Uh, let's see. Jeff Van Gundy, arguably the most shocking decision. Van Gundy had called an incredible 17 NBA finals with ESPN after joining the network in 2007. He had worked the last 15 NBA finals alongside Mike Breen and Mark Jackson, forming one of the longest lasting trios in the history of sports broadcasting. Uh, Jalen Rose had worn a lot of hats at ESPN since coming to ESPN in 2007. College basketball analyst, NBA, NBA analyst, Jalen and Jacoby host and get up star. He had most recently been a part of ESPN's main NBA countdown set, as it looks like that show will be retooled for the zillionth time. Uh, Max Kellerman, Kellerman's fate at ESPN was expected after the cancellation of his morning show alongside Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams and Pat McAfee's impending arrival, potentially replacing this just in during the afternoons. This was Kellerman's second tour at ESPN. Many years ago, he was featured as e- on ESPN's boxing coverage before landing around the horn in 2002. I remember him from that. Uh, after a stint at the Fox Sports, uh, Kellerman returned to ESPN first in Los Angeles with Marcellus Wiley, then as Stephen A. Smith's first take debate partner from 2016 to t- 2021. After Smith unceremoniously shooed Kellerman away, he took on his current roles, but seemed to be ESPN's odd man out once again. Keyshawn Johnson became part of the ESPN machine while still an active player for the Carolina Panthers in 2007. During that time, he bounced back and forth between television analysts and radio hosts, first in Los Angeles and then nationally. Ty McShay, Matt Hasselbeck, Ashley Brewer. 
Uh, Brewer became a sports center anchor in September 2020 after coming to ESPN earlier in the year. She was based in ESPN's Los Angeles studios. Uh, Susie Colbert, another stunning departure is Colbert, who has been a stalwart of ESPN's NFL coverage for decades. She started at ESPN in 1993 and was part of the launch of ESPN2 and as a sports center anchor among many positions. After three years working for Fox, she returned in 1999 as one of the network's central NFL anchors, most recently on Monday Night Countdown, right? Now, uh, there's, and there's, there's, there's quite a few other, you know, names here on this list, but, um, one of the names that isn't on this list is one of, uh, Malika Andrews and, uh, niggas is upset. What? Yeah, man. I mean, of course, as you, you know, like I, I read one of the comments here, but like the sports bros are still upset. Now they were upset with her doing the NBA's, uh, NBA draft coverage, right? They were upset with her because of that. But now they are upset with her because uh, she was not let go during this last round of uh, of um, layoffs, right? And so uh, let me pull this video up because this 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 is one of the videos that I think uh, this is one of the videos that I think uh, kind of uh, ex- you know kind of exhibits like some of the attitude around uh, Malika Andrews and why uh, why the sports bros are a bit upset with her. So let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with me here. Let's see here. Let's do this. And that I'm gonna add this to the screen here, and then we gonna like maximize this joint here, and let's see what this this brother has to say. Andrews, and then I started seeing various creators online creating videos about it. What about Malika Andrews? Why is Malika Andrews still there, right? Now, incidentally, we actually put up a comment on our community section uh, yesterday, and the comment read, um. ESPN kept Malika. It's almost like they're trying to do the exact opposite thing their viewers want. They are obsessed with force feeding people things they don't want. What a business strategy. Do things to alienate your viewers and then ask them to give you their money. Brilliant. Laughing emoji. And I'm beginning to realize, and that's why I was like, let's produce something about, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, about this this Sunday because we don't produce shows on Sunday. I'm beginning to realize that there's a lot of frustration out there in the internet over the fact that so many of these people that got fired from ESPN, so many of these people that brought value to the network, they got fired, but they somehow found a way to keep Malika Andrews. Now, some people may be watching this show wondering, what's the issue with Malika Andrews? Let me hip you guys up to um the problem i believe a lot of people have with malika andrews number one malika andrews has made it her mission to go after men every single chance that she gets every single chance malika andrews gets she attacks men whether if you're a young guy whether you're whether if you're an older guy it really doesn't matter we've seen her go after probably the face of the network is Stephen a smith by trying to disrespect him on his own show by trying to talk to him like a little kid and he had to check her for it. We've seen her go at uh, Kendrick Perkins. We see her go at Joe Mazzula. Don't even bring up the email Doka situation. You would have thought that Malika Andrews was a part of that situation. It was absolutely unbelievable the way she was going after email Doka. I mean, she really made it personal. So in the aftermath of all of these firings, people are wondering, how is it possible that you kept someone on this network that is alienating so many viewers? How is it that they, they were spared in all of this? And to me, I just think that ESPN has made it up in their mind that they're going to do things that fly in the face of what their viewers want. I mean, you would really have to be tone deaf 
to not understand the sentiment out there surrounding Malika. You, 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 you would literally have to be tone deaf or you would be aware of it and you're like, you know what? I don't really care. Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, right? And this is something I, I was thinking about over the course of the week when I was, you know, kind of watching some of this, uh, some of this coverage go down, like in the sports bro kind of like world and shit. Um, and I think I, I, I might even left a comment on this particular video. I think the problem with a lot of these dudes is that they tend to be in a bit of a sports bubble, right? Where they are consuming a bunch of each other's uh, content where, uh, you know, they get inundated with, you know, the YouTube comments where you got a bunch of guys, you know, they got, you know, a bunch of comments might be saying the same thing in their comments or whatever. And what happens is um, they extrapolate their experience, the the, the people that they they, they are you know uh, uh, around. Excuse me. They'll they'll extrapolate that with the uh, the the attitude that the vast majority of people have. When unfortunately for them, that's not the case, right? I doubt very seriously that the vast majority of people are like, "Yo, man, why didn't they let Malika Andrews go?" I think this is a very niche sort of issue, right? Where you have sports bros who are upset at Malika Andrews, where the vast majority of people just like, eh, you know, damn, I heard they let, uh, I heard they let Jalen Rose go, and they don't necessarily know, you know, all of the ins and outs of as to why, but you know, they just understand it, like, yo, they let these people go, and also, um, you know, when it came to like, you know, a lot of these uh, these layoffs at ESPN, by and large, it was about cost cutting right it was about cost cutting so if we're talking about cost cutting well let's let's it's just, it's just simple math right i think i think they said Jalen rose was scheduled to make three million dollars or he was contracted out to make three million dollars a year while he was at espn uh uh max kellerman as a matter of fact, shit let's ask google hey google how much was Jalen rose uh contracted to make at espn Okay, she found the results on search. That shit says $3 million a year. Thank you, Google. Um, I, I believe uh, Max Kellerman, $5 million a year. Hey, Google, how much does Malika Andrews make at ESPN? On the website, thesportsrush.com, they say Malika Andrews, despite being the face of a multitude of shows across ESPN, reportedly earns anywhere between $50,000 and $78,000 annually. Thank you. According to Sports Brief, her net worth has hey, also exploded around. Stop. <laughs> Got it. Stopping bathroom display. Not the bathroom display, but no, 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 no. But essentially this becomes a math thing, right? It's a math problem. So if Malika Andrews makes $78,000 a year, and then you've got Jalen Rose making $3 million. You've got uh, uh, Max Kellerman making $5 million a year. You got Keyshawn Johnson making, I don't know, maybe $2 million a year. If they're cost cutting, guess who is the most cost effective person to keep? That would be one Malika Andrews. Right. So despite the fact that these dudes are like on this, this, this hell bent, you know, like crusade to get this one woman kicked off of this network and to lose her job. They thinking it's on some, well, they not listening to, you know, what the, what the listeners want. It's like, Hey bro, like, I think y'all really overestimate how much influence y'all have on the medium. I really do. Right. 
because y'all are asking for this woman to lose her job and they have cut a lot of people, but it was a cost cutting measure. It wasn't a, like a talent cutting measure. It was a cost cutting. And she was the most efficient person to keep on air. Now, one of the things that, uh, you know, he alludes to this, I believe he alludes to this. And also one of the, the comments that we got was like, Malika Andrews doesn't say anything about white guys. I think this guy even said something about uh, Dana White, because we all know that Dana White, uh, uh, who is the guy, I believe he's over UFC, had a domestic violence incident with his wife. He said Malika Andrews hasn't said anything about Dana White. And there's a reason why she hasn't said anything about Dana White. Dana White doesn't have shit to do with the NBA. Not a motherfucking thing to do with the NBA. This is why Dana White doesn't sit. This is why Malika Andrews isn't talking about him. He's not NBA related. If Dana White was NBA related, guess what? Dana White would be getting talked about on NBA Countdown, on NBA Today, on all of the other NBA shows that they have on ESPN. Why? Because he would be NBA related. He is not NBA related. Therefore, they're not going to be talking about him on there. Malika Andrews specifically because she only does NBA coverage. Right. But I'm going to let this video continue just a little bit while longer. And then we're going to like kind of wrap it. We're going to force feed this content to you and you're going to like it, whether you like it or not. You're going to have to watch her on television. Go after men whenever the opportunity arises. And to me, the part that really blows my mind in all of this, as someone that's a part of a sports media um, platform here, I mean, on our channel, over 90 percent of the viewers are men. Over 90% of the viewers are men. And I think that doesn't surprise anybody, bro. <laughs> like I'm just, just keeping it a buck. That doesn't surprise anybody. That if you kind of peel back the curtains, you will find out that the majority of the people, the majority, I didn't say all, the majority of the people that watch sports are men. So to have someone on a network that constantly. Okay. The majority of the people that watch sports may be men, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the majority of people that watch sports are men and they watching you and that they agree with you. I'm a man. I watch sports. I don't think you're saying anything that makes any sense to me whatsoever. Because you, you're you leaning into this idea that logic, when you break it down logically, like, yeah, man, I can understand why ESPN is keeping this person on, on air. You have an ax to grind, right? I'm a man. Does my, does my opinion not count? Instantly alienates men and turns them off to still keep them on. To me, it's just absolutely, I mean, it flies in the face of all reason and it flies in the face of good business, to be honest with you. Just recently, we were listening to a show where uh, Clay Travis broke down exactly what's happening at ESPN from a business standpoint. Yeah, he said Clay Travis. And that's that's when I had to check out. <laughs> like if Clay Travis is one of your sources, bro, like I very so I, I, I really um, I really have to question your um I really do question your ability to vet your sources because Clay Travis isn't someone I believe is is, is credible. Uh, and he does. He definitely has a political bent. And so if he has a conservative political bent, trust and believe Clay Travis ain't trying to hear nothing that Malika Andrews has to say. So if, that, if that's where you're going for your uh, for your political or your sports analysis, then, uh, yeah, man, I feel sorry for you. I do. I do. But uh, yeah, man, uh, ESPN let a lot of folks go. And a lot of these sports bros are upset that Malika Andrews still has a job, unfortunately, man. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this is like, shit, I want to say this is going on for like three weeks now that these niggas have been whining about Malika Andrews. And it's kind of, it's kind of wild, man. But, yo, that's what's going on, man. Uh, another story that we got here uh, is, um, 
So this happened in my hometown of Chicago, man. So a Chicago mother and her son are free after killing this dude named Jeremy Brown. After Jeremy Brown tried to knock this little boy's mama out at uh, a Maxwell Street store on the south side of Chicago, man. Yeah, let me see if I can pull this video up because there there was, uh, let's see. Let's see, charges dropped. Let's see if we can view the original. Mom and teen released. I'll fix it next time. Okay, so. Okay, so here's the video of this particular incident. I'm going to pull this up so you guys can watch uh, right along with me here. Let me take this one down and I'm going to add this scene here. All right. And uh, let's let's see what this. Get your food. Who get the cup? Who? Hey, 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 hey! Get your food. Get your food. If you say one more thing, I'm gonna knock you out. Oh my God! I said one more thing, I'm gonna knock you out. We first told you last week about a plan to stop. All right. So, yeah, uh, Jeremy Brown was shot. He was killed during this particular altercation. Uh, Carlisha, uh, what's her name here? Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, let's stop sharing that. And also, let's minimize this shit here. But uh, Carlisha Hood, Carlisha Hood uh, was in an altercation with Jeremy Brown at the Maxwell Street um, uh, hot dog stand. And... Um, Yo, man, this is all over social media. Um, you know, nobody really. I, I, I think I've, I've never seen so many folks in consensus with the fact that, like, yo, man, um, this nigga deserved what he got. Um, people just wasn't really feeling sorry, all that sorry for him. Like, you know, they were just like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel sorry for this dude whatsoever. Hold on, let me. How the fuck, did I bring this down. Okay, but yeah, but folks were not feeling sorry for Jeremy Brown. Uh, and what happened with him, right? And uh, Carlisha Hood was, uh, uh, at first, she was charged with murder and also, uh, you know, I, what's, the, what's the shit that they say? Like um, something endangering a minor or encouraging a minor? Like something about encouraging a minor to commit a crime. I forget exactly what the terminology of the crime that they, they had charged her with. And then they also charged her son with murder, right? Um, later on, I believe after, you know, once everyone had kind of saw the video and everyone like, you know, like, listen, like there was an assault that happened. Her son was defending her. Uh, he was defending the both of their lives. Uh, you know, District Attorney Kim Fox dropped the charges on both her uh, Carlisha Hood and her son. Yeah, man, she dropped the charges. And then right after that, Carlisha Hood said, fuck this shit. And sued the goddamn DA and the Chicago police. Goddamn! Yeah, man. And um, so now that brings up another issue, right? So you got some folks who believe they're like, yo, man, you know, uh, you should probably, you know, just uh, be grateful that they let your ass off and they didn't pursue this case any further and walk away. But then you got some people like, yo, man, no, 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 hold on a second. I was defending my life and I got sent, I was sent to jail. Uh, my child was uh, put in jail. We were traumatized. We were, we were criminalized by the system for doing the right thing. And um, we deserve some recompense, right? I'm not one to tell anybody how to, um, 
I don't know if I, I I don't know if I feel any sort of way about it. Right. She feels like she was wrong by the state and she feels like she wants to sue the state to get, you know, to, to get some sort of recompense. I can't be mad at her for doing that. Um, I've had my own, you know, run in with the Chicago police where I feel like I should probably sue these motherfuckers. Right. I didn't do it, but it wasn't necessarily because I didn't want to. It was because, you know, it wasn't going to be financially feasible for me to do so. Right. My case wasn't no like nationally recognized thing. Right. But uh, yeah, man, you know, I think it was um, I think for one, they they didn't deserve to be locked up. Right. I think this was a clear cut case of self-defense. Uh, I don't know. Like you'd have to. I'm sorry, man. Like you'd be hard pressed to find too many young men uh, who would be willing to watch their mom being beaten by a grown man in front of them. And they don't try to intervene in some sort of way. Right now, you can question whether or not there should have been a gun involved. You can question whether or not, uh, you know, you know, some people have questioned whether or not she should. She should have just been quiet. Like, no, 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 no. Who the fuck are you to tell anybody, a grown woman, to tell her to be quiet? This is someone you do not know, right? Um, so you got that going on, man. Like, there's there's a bunch of questions as to whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not he should have been killed. I, I actually had a back and forth with a homie of mine, man. I was like, yo, man, because he felt like, you know, everybody, you know, celebrating this guy being killed. But, you know, when do Black Lives Matter and all of a sudden she's like, now you know goddamn well when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, uh, we're talking about the state killing unarmed, uh, the state killing unarmed people, man. When they have the reckon, when they have the not only the resources but also the discretion to be able to walk away from that situation and not kill people, right? I don't know if you can lay that at the feet of a fourteen-year-old kid who's watching his mama get beaten to like getting beat right in front of him. Because my man, like this Jeremy Brown dude hauled all the way off like he pulled this shit all the way back to try to hit you know to knock this woman clean out and so i know for me if that had been in me if that had been me and my mama yeah my man wouldn't be here he just wouldn't i'm not letting that go down i'm sorry you done signed it it's it's you done signed it now some folks are like this nigga went in here and went for hot dogs and left with wings and shit you know, people were making jokes about it, but, um, you know, one of the things I thought was very interesting was uh, how his family was responding to this. Right now, you know, it's got to be awkward or you would think it would be awkward for the world to know that the reason why your loved one is dead is because your loved one was caught on video assaulting someone. Right now, a lot of folks, if we had shame. A lot of folks would, uh, they would feel a certain sort of way, right? Like you would even have some people who would be uh, apologetic and and, and uh, about that. Like we are sorry that our relative did this. Uh, you know, although we we we're hurting as a family that we lost this particular person in, in our family or whatever. Uh, what he did was not to be condoned, right? But not Jeremy Brown's family. No, 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 no. Not Jeremy Brown's family. As a matter of fact, Jeremy Brown's family felt as though um, he, you know, he was to be celebrated for the shit that he did. As a matter of fact, one of his cousins had a damn shirt on that called him the the knockout king <laughs> of Southside. So let me see if I can. Do I have this video? I'm sure I do, man. Wait, no, this is the student loan joint. This is the student loan joint. I'm sure I got the video. I'm sure I got it. Okay. So I'm going to pause this here and I'm going to pull this up so you guys can watch this right along with me. But he had family members who were talking about some, yeah, like he was the knockout king and y'all, y'all really should, uh, 
y'all 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 giving us way too much attention. So let me see. Let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with your boy. And let's do this. All right, and let's. All right, let's see what she's talking about here. That trolling, cause I put knockout king on my motherfucking shirt. Bitch, he is the knockout king of the motherfucking hundreds, bitch. Before this motherfucking situation, y'all really dragging this motherfucking case. Y'all really just want to have something to talk about. Y'all really got too much time on y'all motherfucking hands. Y'all really getting on my motherfucking nerves. And we really laughing at y'all. Y'all really making us famous. And thank you for the 10,000 views. Like, y'all ass going crazy. Yeah, y'all did y'all big one. All right, now. I'm sure, I'm sure that some of the elders in this family might not have necessarily agreed with this, this young lady getting on social media and talking about how y'all making us famous and thank y'all for the 10,000 views. But this kind of goes back into some of the things that I've been talking about over the course of the last few months, man, where the attention is the currency, man, where no matter if it's good attention, no matter if it's bad attention, people just want attention. And so it's odd. It's really odd that you have a situation where your loved one is in the ground taking the eternal dirt nap. He's buried and gone, dead and gone. His life is over. His children will never see their father again. And you are on social media bragging that you got 10,000 views on a video. Just, just, just Nigga. like that, that is odd, but it speaks to what so many people coming up now value, right? The attention is what people are valuing now. Not even so much the life that was lost in the family. Hey, I got 10,000 views because my cousin was shot and killed while trying to punch this lady out. Thank y'all for the views. Y'all making me famous. I think it's more for more so infamy than anything else. People are looking at y'all and they like, not, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. And some of them are like, uh, they're cringing while watching said video. Right? One of the things like from this situation that I hope uh, like kind of, you know, comes out of the situation. I hope that the young man who had to shoot Jeremy Brown, I hope that that man, that young man gets, uh, the, the counseling that he so sorely needs and deserves. I hope, uh, that that family is able to heal from that. I, I especially him, man. Like I've never had to take a life. I never want to take a life despite how often I talk about, uh, you know, how, you know, I exercise the second amendment daily. I never want to take a life. That's not something that I'm out here like I'm I'm waiting to do. That's not something that I want to do, right? And so for him to have to do that and to protect his mother, I'm sure it's affected him in a very profound way. Right? So let's just hope that that young man gets the counseling, the love, and the support that he needs going forward. Now, as far as his mother suing the city or the state or whatever, um, I'm not sure what to make of that. Like, again, I'm not one to tell anybody how they can, you know, get any sort of recompense when they feel like they've been done wrong. Right. Um, would I have pursued it? Maybe if I had like the, if I had the, you know, the legal support for it, I probably would. 
But I know there's a, there's there's a, a few people who are just like, nah, now nah, now nah, nah, she doing too much now, nah, man. Like, yeah, you could say that when it wasn't you, it was done to. And I think it's very easy for a lot of us to say that when it was something that was done to us or wasn't done to us. We can all just kind of you know say what we would and wouldn't do until that situation involves us specifically. And so yeah, man. Um, yeah, Carlisha Brown and her son free after killing Jeremy Brown, man. Now our last story, man, that we got here. Before we get on up out of here, is the Booty Warrior, man. The Booty Warrior is free. God damn. And so, uh, in, in Booty Warrior spirit, we just go. Okay, I, I see you choosing the hard way. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, man, we get this story here. As a matter of fact, I, do I have this on? I think it's on Twitter. I think I saw this on Twitter. But uh, the Booty Warrior was, uh, he had been let out. So, let's see. Uh. He's free from prison. And for those of you, okay, so not this one. This isn't the one. Um, come on, come on, come on. I know I got it. Okay, that isn't it either. I really hate the way that this shit saves Twitter. But, okay, here we go. Fleece Johnson, AKA the Booty Warrior has been released. Let me pull this up because uh, he's upset with you. He, he's upset with niggas, man. Fleece Johnson is mad with y'all because he said y'all been portraying him all kinds of wrong. You know what I'm saying? So let's uh, <laughs> let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with me here because we're going to hear what Fleece Johnson has to say. And uh, let's do this here and let's add that there. And all right. Let's see what he's talking about, y'all. They ain't ones that come in on. I'm talking about this motherfucker's ass was so fat. And he was, this, this is like a motherfucker's <laughs> like your baby mama. That motherfucker's ass was fat. Ungodly fat, right? <laughs> and he gets in the shower with me. And we was the only two in the shower. And uh, I turned around and I seen that soap going down his back through the crack of his eyes. I said, God damn. <laughs> And I knew I had a problem right there, years in prison you don't care about where your booty come from you tired of jacking off you tired of looking at smoke magazines you ready to fuck something <laughs> and i was ready what about uh did you ever watch you ever watch your character on boondocks i very seldom watched that i watched a little of it but it aggravated me because that's not my character how that's not your character bruh how they ain't your character? They took your shit word for word, bruh. Word for word. You just sat here and told us, man, you was in the shower with this other man. He had this ass that was like big than a motherfucker. You was sitting there watching the, 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 the soap go down the crack of his ass. You know, all this shit. But, but, they, but they, ain't, they ain't your character. Okay, sir. Okay. That's portraying me as somebody I'm not, right? 
you know, I don't have to run up on no motherfucker asking for no booty. No. You never seen it. You never watched the episode. I I was I was that that at at, at fucker that put that shit out. Mm -hmm. I forgot his name. But I can't stand him right to this day, right? And he took me and put me in a negative light to try to generate a lot of money and talk. But what he did is it hurted me. Okay, so um, he didn't appreciate how the boondocks portrayed him on the boondocks. Uh, and I, I essentially, I think what he's saying is I don't appreciate the portrayal of me raping or having to rape a man in order to get some booty right now for those of us who are like old enough to remember the msnbc uh docu-series lock up where he became famous uh one of the things that he said was like you know if i see a man i like him i tell him i said nigga look i like you and i want you now we could do this the easy way or the hard way the choice is yours which is where this came from okay i, I see you choosing the hard way yeah right so um, the fact that he's out now, man, like, you know, a pre better yet, I'm sure he's glad to be out, right? I'm sure he's glad to be out. But come on, bro. Come on, man. We all know. Ain't nobody portrays you no wrong way. I don't know if he angling for like a lawsuit or some shit like that or not. But ain't nobody portrays you the wrong way, bro. We got the exact same. He, he basically, they portrayed you exactly word for word for what you presented on lockup, bro. Real talk. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fleece Johnson out of jail, man. Talking about smoke, uh, the, the, you know, the soap going down the crack of a man's ass. It kind of reminds me of that shit that was on, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood or some shit like that. Don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah, that's the name of it. You're like, yeah, man, you have been in the shower with a man and seen the soap going down the crack of his ass. And everybody was looking at this nigga like he was fucking strange, right? Like, that's pretty much what he just described to us right there, right then, right? So, but, uh, yeah, man, Fleece Johnson, the booty warrior, he's free, y'all, real talk. But, uh, yo, it's getting late, man. I got to go to work tomorrow. I told y'all we got a late start tonight, man, but I appreciate everybody who's watching us here live, and I appreciate everybody who's going to watch the show here later, man. But, of course, before we get on up out of here, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and let your voice be heard. Go ahead and hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. It's area code 313-288-0485. Leave those voicemail messages. Of course, those messages will get played here live on the show and responded to in kind. You can also email us here at feedback at the Span report.com that's feedback at the spare report.com go ahead and watch those uh watch those i'm sorry go ahead and send us those emails of course those emails will get right here and reply to here live as well right uh follow me on twitter and instagram my name on both of those platforms is mr underscore span so go ahead and follow me to chop it up with your man span throughout the week also i am on spill right so you can catch your boy on spill too mr underscore span Hit me up on there if you got on there right if you got the invite code or whatever and you got an iphone you want it on the spill Go ahead and hit your man up on Spill, too. I'm on Spill, Instagram, and Twitter. Mr. Underscore Span everywhere, right? Also, uh, <laughs> uh, hit us up with a five-star review on iTunes and or Spotify. Uh, those the, you know, those five-star reviews are the ones that re get read here live on the show. We really appreciate everybody who goes about the minutes of doing that. Doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network, man, real talk. 
But I am about to get on up out of here, man. I appreciate you guys for watching and listening with you, uh, with your mans. I'm gonna talk to you guys again soon. But until next time, fam. Um. Oh shit. What is this? No. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> but until next time, fam. Peace.